You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. I love Sundays. <laughs> I love Sundays. Um, the presence of the Lord is so powerful uh, today, and I think as we look at God's Word today, it's going to continue, continue to speak to our hearts and today, we're, we've been talking, we've been in this prayer series. Let me back up. We've been in, in a, a series called Prayer. Let's call it what it is, right? Prayer. We're talking about how do, we, how do we pray according to God's word. And with everything going on in our world, we have a crazy important election coming up, right, on Tuesday. And whatever happens on Tuesday and beyond, um, it doesn't matter. Our peace and, and our faith is in this word right here. Um, but we have a responsibility to play. It's our job to pray and to move so God can move. It's a partnership. When I move, God moves. Many times we're sitting here and we're waiting on a move of God. God, where are you? Why aren't you doing? Why aren't you acting? And many times God is saying, well, I told you what to do in here. When you move, I move. When you believe, I will work. When you speak, I will go and I will help bring the power to move the mountain or the situation that you're facing. It's our job to pray. Talking about prayer there's a specific type of prayer that we cannot go through an entire series on prayer and not talk about, which is praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. So you might have heard it called praying in tongues. Praying in the Spirit. My prayer today is that as we talk about this, and if you've been in church or maybe you've been around church, you've most likely heard of this, praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. If, if you read your Bible, you're going you're gonna to hear about it, right? Um, if, but if you've been around it, maybe you've uh, developed some there, there seems to be at least many times when I talk to people about this or are unfamiliar with it, a prejudice when it comes to praying in the spirit. Prejudice being defined as this, a preconceived opinion, not based on reason or personal experience, right? I've seen something from a distance and it's pushed me farther away from it. Maybe you Googled or YouTube something and you saw a video, right, of some some sweaty backwoods guy handling the snake, and it kind of freaked you out a little bit, right? And they're in a church, right? So you, ah, I'm going to stay away from that Holy Spirit praying in the tongue stuff, right? Yeah, I've seen some of those videos. It's a little scary. That's not what we're talking about today. Everything we talk about today, you're going to be able to find in God's Word. You're going to be able to find in God's Word. In fact, one of the things I like to say is this. Don't take my word for it as Pastor Dan. You need to take God's word for it. You need to take God's word for it. In fact, this is why this is the heart behind these note cards right here. We don't hand these out um, so that I can keep you engaged in the message, right? If I had to trick you into being engaged in the message, um, there's a lot of issues on both ends with that, right? That's not what we're here to do. Um, we're here to be serious about growing and maturing in the faith. I give you these so that you can look up, you can go, and you can see all of the verses we talked about today. Then you can go home and you can get in your Bible and read it in context and grow during the week. Because many times what happens is I can go to church and I can say amen and I can fill in all the blanks, right? Put it in my binder and then that's it. But what happens is spiritual growth has to take place outside of just Sunday. I got to make sure that I am convicted and convinced about these topics, these, these foundational building blocks of the faith. I got to make sure that I, do I believe that or I, do I just believe it because I go to a church that believes it? Because I've been there, right? I, I believe it because, well, my pastor believes it, so I should believe it. But do I believe it? Do I know why I believe it? Once I get to that place, 
I am truly beginning to mature in the faith because I have my own foundation. I'm no longer a, a spiritual hitchhiker, right? Well, I'm going to get on my parents' car for a little while. They're going to take me from this point in my life to this point, and then my, my pastor's going to pick me up here, and he's going to take me from this place to this place spiritually. No, I need to grow up, and I need to go and to mature in the faith personally, personally. Another thing I'll remind us as we dive into this, you'll always criticize that which you do not understand. So if you have some preconceived notions about praying in the Spirit and you've been critical of it, many times it's easy to criticize that what I don't understand. I haven't taken the time to get into it. This is why we need to know God's Word. I have to know God's Word. I have to see what it says and believe it. I have to decide, am I going to believe it for myself or not? One of the verses I always like to, to refer to whenever I go to church, whenever I listen to a message, it's found in Acts 17, verse 11. It says this, it says, they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. Can I encourage you? Have that type of an attitude when you go to church, when you listen to a message, or you listen to a podcast, when you, um, when you listen to a worship song. Does it line with God's word? Just because a person said it, does it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Does it align with God's word? When I do that, when I go home and I search to see if it's true, that's where God can move in my life intimately in the secret place, not in front of everybody else, but when I'm seeking him. God, is that true? Show me. God will work wonders in your life. I promise you that. Here's what we're going to talk about today, praying in the spirit. Like I said, many times it's referred to as praying in tongues. There's, a, there's two different types of praying in tongues that I want to distinguish before we dive into it. The first one is this. It's the gift of tongues and the grace of tongues. The gift of tongues and the grace of tongues. It's good to see so many people taking notes. That's good. That's encouraging. Come on, somebody. It's good. It's poured my heart out on why we should take notes. Hey, I love it. Let's go. The gift of tongues and the grace of tongues. The gift of tongues is this. We're gathered together in a church service, and this is one of the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit prompts someone to give a word in tongues, right? In tongues meaning outside of what we would, it's outside of English for us. It's in a heavenly language. They come up, and not everyone else is praying, but we're listening to this word giving in tongue, given in a tongue. But here's the important part. Someone else interprets it, which is another gift of the Spirit. Someone else listens, and they have the interpretation, meaning they take that heavenly language, that prayer language, the Holy Spirit reveals to them what the interpretation is, and they speak it, what would be for English, for us, so that we can be edified and encouraged by it. In God's Word, we see that the gifts of the Spirit are given for edification and for encouragement. So if somebody comes up, they give a word in tongues, right, but no one interprets it, what are we? Confused, right? What? <laughs> Excuse me, what did you say? Like, they, uh, we're not going to know what they said. That's not the biblical use of the gift then. If, I'm, if someone is using the gift and I'm not edified, I'm not encouraged, then it's not being used according to God's word. Now, another time, um, uh, let me get to that here in just a second. Here's what, here's, what, here's what Paul says about this, 1 Corinthians 14. It says this, In the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. If you're looking for more of a deep dive on this, go to 1 Corinthians 14. You can read the whole chapter. He lays it out clearly. How does, what, is, what is this whole praying in the Spirit thing about? How do we use it when it comes to using it in the church, using it individually? How, how does this work? Here's what he says. Look, when we gather together, we need to make sure what? We're being edified, encouraged, that we're moving forward. We're not leaving 
confused, he says, look, I, need, I would rather speak just a few words in my understanding rather than spend the whole time an hour or more praying in the Spirit. He says we need to leave encouraged. This is the, the gift of tongues, okay? I want to talk about the grace of tongues, the grace of tongues. The grace of tongues is this. It's a personal prayer language that is outside my understanding, just like the gift. It's outside my understanding, but it's for my private time in worship and private time with God. Another time this might be used is if I'm gathered together with a small group of believers and we're having a time of prayer together and we are each individually praying in the spirit. But I'm not praying in a way where everyone's, hey, watch me, or I'm praying so loud that everyone listen to me pray in the spirit. But we're praying passionately in the spirit, not to be seen by each other, but we're joining together to pray in the spirit. That would be another time that we could use the grace, the grace of tongues. Here's what I want to look at today, though. The grace of tongues. I want to break this down today. We're going to talk about what it, what is it? What is it to pray in the spirit? Next week, we're going to take it a step further, and we're going to talk about how, how does this really work in our lives? Not just for us, but how does this impact the people in my life, around me? How can, how can I use this to change lives around me? Let's dive into it, though. The first one is this. Praying in the Spirit is biblical. Praying in the Spirit is biblical. That may sound elementary, but um, let's make sure we got the facts straight, right? Amen? <laughs> it's biblical. And how do we know this? It's really simple. Is it, the, the, the question is this. Is it ever wrong to talk to God? Right? We've been in an entire prayer series, so obviously it must not be wrong to talk to God, right? Otherwise, we got some big issues after everything I've said so far. Um, is it ever wrong to talk to God? No. No, it's not. Here's what we see this when it comes to praying in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. It says this. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but what? To God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. In the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. What are we talking about, mysteries? We're talking about the perfect will of God. For me, it's a mystery because I can't understand it. But here's what's happening. I'm praying exponentially bigger prayers than I would ever pray in just my understanding, my limited human mind. Because in my human mind, I'm praying with, well, I know this. God bless that person. Bless my life. Make sure and take care of this. But there's situations happening in the spiritual realm or in the physical realm that I don't know about. And God can take my prayer in the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit uses it to pray for things that are going to impact my life or a family member's life or someone else's life. It's mysteries to me. It's this perfect will, but it's so much grander. Maybe it's for my future. It's so much bigger than I could ever possibly imagine. But here's what we see. Is it ever wrong to talk to God? No, but what do we see here? For he who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but we're speaking to God. It's just me talking to God. It's me and him. We're connecting my spirit to him who is a spirit. We're connecting spirit to spirit. So then, praying in the spirit is talking to God. And it's not wrong, then we see just out the gate, it's not wrong to pray in the spirit. But here's what happens. Over time, people have taken this topic and we've made it weird, right? Like I said, if you want to, you could get on YouTube, you'll find some weird stuff. They've made it weird, but they've taken it to a place that we don't see in God's word. If I see stuff online that's weird, that maybe I've never experienced before, but I can find it in God's word, that's one thing, right? Maybe it's just outside my comfort zone. But if, it is, if it's extreme and I can't see it in God's word, I'd have major checks about that. 
Because God's word is the foundation for what I should see and experience in my life. What I should see and experience the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, with that in mind, what the devil wants to do is over time, he wants to take this form of communication, which is the perfect form of communication. I'm praying God's perfect will, my spirit to his spirit. I'm praying these big prayers outside of my understanding. The devil wants to take that, manipulate it, make it weird, and keep people from it. Why? Because every strong relationship is based off communication. Show me a strong marriage, I'll show you great communication. Show me a a bad friendship, I'll show you a bad communication. Same way spiritually. Show me someone who's growing in the faith, who's mature, who sees the fruit of the Spirit, who has fruit of, of Jesus in their life. What do I see? Great communication with their Heavenly Father. The devil wants to come and steal the purest form of communication, make it weird, say it's not for you, that was for that group, but not for this group, all this stuff so that you will never touch it. Because once you touch it, and once you grow in it, you become more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit doesn't make you weird, he makes you powerful like Jesus. And that's the truth. Let's talk about a few, a few things here quickly. I'm going to talk about four myths of praying in the Spirit. Four myths of praying in the Spirit. The first one is this. Is I can speak fluently the first day. Everyone's flipping over your notes. Sorry, I didn't give you enough lines. You just got to cram it in there, okay? I didn't, there's no fill in the blank for these. You just got to pack them in. Myth one, can I, I can speak fluently the first day. Not necessarily the truth. I know many people who they receive their prayer language, and they got like one syllable. Literally, they just they said this one syllable over and over and over again. But eventually, as they, yeah, as they used it, it developed. It developed into what? It's a, it's a heavenly language. It develops, and they begin to use it. And if you hear someone who's done this for a long time, I know like my mom, when I hear my mom do this, it's, it's very much like a language. It sounds like she's speaking in sentences. There's pauses. There's natural pauses and breaks, and, and it's amazing. But it's, it's meant to be developed. But here's the encouraging thing. What happens whenever, like my son Gavin, whenever he was first learning to talk, when he said his first words, what was my reaction? He said, dada. No, come on. That's not how, that's not how you say it. It's dad, okay? Dan. Can you say Dan? Like, I didn't scold him. No. He said, dada. What did I do? We were cheering and running and clapping and celebrating. That's what our Heavenly Father does when we begin to use this language. Even if it's one syllable, He's saying, oh, come on. That's a language that me and you can speak that the devil and the enemy cannot touch. It's going to go outside of your small earthly mind. And, oh, man, I can use this channel for so much in your life. But what's the expectation, right? As Gavin grows, he's in first grade now. He can't be going in there talking goo goo gaga, right? He's going to get bad grades. It counts now. You're expected to mature, right? I got I to help my son mature in his language, in his English same way for us. I can grow up into it. I'm never meant to stay at this level spiritually. I'm going to go to heaven someday. I just have the basics. God has so much more. And can I tell you, it's never ending. The, the potential for your life spiritually is always in front of you. There's never, ah, I should have back then. God says, but look where I can take you here. It's always in front of you if you will go get the opportunity. It's all about the opportunity. It's there, but you got to go get it. So it can be grown. The second one is this. I can't control it. The second myth is I can't control it. This is probably the biggest one that people are afraid of. I can't control it. I'm going to be going through Walmart. I'm going to be buying my, you know, Reese's Puffs, get my, my milk. And then I'm going to see that phone that talks on the loudspeaker. 
And I'm going to get the urge to grab that phone and just in front of the entire store, hundreds of people, throw some shundas in there and start speaking in tongues, right? Like, can't, I can't help it, right? I got to. It's not going to happen. It's not going <laughs> to happen. It's, it, that's not, that's not going to happen. I have control. It's a choice. Everything God gives us is a choice. He's never going to take over you and force you to do anything. He will partner with you and move you and push you in, in ways that you never thought you would take steps of faith in. But he'll never force you like that against your will to do something. It's a partnership. Here's what we see in 1 Corinthians 14, 14 through 15. Uh, let me read it off here. It says, for if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Well, then what shall I do? He says, I will pray in the spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the spirit, and I will also sing in words I understand. Key thing here, I will. I will pray. I will choose to pray in the spirit. I will choose to pray in my understanding. He's not going to take me over and do something weird that I don't want to do. He'll partner with me but he's not going to force me to do that. In fact, we can look at 1 Corinthians 14. It's a guideline, an instruction manual for praying in the Spirit. Why would Paul have to give us instructions for something that we cannot control, right? doesn't make sense. We can control it. Number three is this. This one seems a little different, but Jesus addresses this specifically. I could get a demon. Some people think and are taught in church that they think if I open myself up to this, I could open myself up to the spiritual realm, I could therefore get some type of demonic impression or impact into my life. Jesus addresses this perfectly, so we're just going to read his words. In Luke 10, 19, it says this, Behold, I give you, speaking to his disciples and to you today, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Serpents and scorpions, what is that? It's a representation of demonic power and oppression in your life. Yeah, we can, yeah, I can stomp on a scorpion, but he's talking about demonic influence and demons. He says, I give you the authority, the power to address that. One chapter later, he comes back to the same verbiage when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Let's look at 11, uh, Luke 11, 11 through 13. Jesus says, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? instead of a fish. There it is. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? There's the other one. If then, he, he ties it all together to the spiritual, if then, being evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Meaning this, if I ask for the Holy Spirit to work in my life, Jesus himself promises the Father will give you the Holy Spirit and nothing else. He'll give you the fullness of the Holy Spirit and nothing else. I'm not afraid of some other spiritual influence coming in to my life because Jesus said, ain't gonna happen. He'll give you the, he'll give you the good stuff. Number, no, the fourth one is this. Some people have it. Some people don't. Well, they have, they have the gift, but I'm talking about the grace of tongues. Some people have it. Some people don't. Let me say this. Every believer has the opportunity to pray in the Spirit and use this prayer language when they are baptized in the Holy Spirit. You have the opportunity. Whether you use it or take it or not is up to you. You have the opportunity. Look at this. In 1 Corinthians 14, 5, Paul writes, I wish you all spoke with tongues. I wish you all. Think about that. Paul wrote that 
But God's word is Holy Spirit breathed. Meaning what? God breathed that sentence. I wish you all spoke with tongues. That's how, it's, how important it is to God himself. Many people say, well, if, it, you know, if it's God's will, he'll give me my own, my own prayer language. But I would say this. Let me remind you. The Christian walk is about opportunity. The opportunity is there. I have to reach out and receive the opportunity, though. God presents it. Will I reach out and receive it? It's the opportunity of a lifetime if I will receive it, if I'll receive it. The next one is this. Praying, praying in the Spirit is a benefit. Praying in the Spirit is a benefit. Think about this. Imagine you go out, you get a, uh, you get a brand new job. You interview, you ace it, you, they get, they're hiring you on. They say, here's, here's your salary, here's your health insurance, here's your dental, all these benefits. Oh, and by the way, we want to give you a company vehicle. Here's the keys. It's brand new. It's the vehicle of your dreams, okay? It's an amazing vehicle. It's not a piece of junk. It's brand new. It's got like five miles on it. Here's the vehicle. Here's a gas card, so you don't have to put any gas in it from your own pocket. We're going to take care of all the oil changes. We're going to take care of, of uh, all the tire rotation, any maintenance, anything that happens. If you get in an accident, we'll just give you a brand new one. Here's a company vehicle. It's a benefit for you. How foolish would it be for me to be like, ah, man, you know what? You guys are already paying me really good. You guys already gave me the health insurance, the dental. I, you know, I'm just, that's good enough. You guys have done more than enough. I don't think I'm going to have the company vehicle. Actually, I just bought a really nice bicycle that I was going to ride to work every day. So um, I don't really need it, right? I don't really need it in my life. Foolish, right? Because then the, the company is going to come back and say, we're giving you this vehicle because we have places that you, we're going to send you that you can't get to on the bicycle. And that's what God's saying. Many people, I've taken salvation. I've got water baptized. I've done all this other stuff. God, you've already done more than enough for me. And God's saying, but I have a company vehicle for you. This language, if you will use it, I will take you farther than you've ever been spiritually. Ever been spiritually. Oh, but I got this bicycle. No, 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 that's foolish. I want to go all in. I'm going to go all in. It's a benefit for you. The first way it benefits you is this. It builds you up. 1 Corinthians 14.4 says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. That word edifies means to build up, builds up confidence, my boldness, my strength. I'm talking spiritually, physically, emotionally. It edifies you. It has the power to edify you and to build you up. Look at Jude 1.20. The, the, the Living Bible says this. It says, but dear friends, you must build up your lives ever more strongly upon the foundation of your holy faith. How do I do that? How do I build my life up? Learning to pray in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. When I learn to pray that way, it builds my life up. Not just spiritually. Now I'm talking emotionally. Boldness. Confidence, every area of my life can be impacted when I use this in agreement with God's will. Another way that it benefits you is it protects you. I'm not going to dive into this today. I'll talk about it next week, but it's a part of the armor of God. Go look at Ephesians 6 and go look at Ephesians 6, 13 through 18. It's a part of the armor of God. We'll talk about that next week. Many people overlook it, but praying in the Spirit is a part of your armor. Many people are still getting their butt kicked by the devil because they have a hole in their armor. They didn't take up the whole armor of God. They took up part of it. That's next week. We'll get into that. Okay, the last one, a way it benefits you is this. It covers your ignorance. It covers my ignorance. In Romans eight twenty six, 
he says this. He says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Very interesting use uh, of language here. Groanings that cannot be expressed. That word not, or that phrase not expressed, it doesn't mean silent or, or anything like that. It actually means that it's not able to put into words. Have you ever had a burden? I feel like I need to pray, but you didn't know what to pray for. Ever been there? I, I, God, help me. I, I don't know what to say. Or maybe you were in a spot. Maybe you woke up in the middle of the night. And I, man, I feel like I can't sleep. God, I feel like I need to pray. And you pray for a little bit, but at some point you run out of words. This is what we're talking about here. I get to a point, and I can't. I've prayed all I know to pray. God, I need you to move. Holy Spirit, I need you to pray the prayer that you need me to pray right now. Here's a great example. Whenever Gavin, um, the day he was born, we were in the hospital. Um, let's see if I can get through this. Um, we were in the hospital, and while Leslie was in labor, we were hours in, and at a certain point, every contraction that she had in labor, we had monitors where we can see Gavin's, his, his um, heart rate, right? And so every contraction that Leslie had, Gavin's heart rate literally dropped and disappeared for a while. And then when it was over, it would come back, slowly come back. So we could see the, the nurses and stuff at first. It was like, yeah, we'll just put you in different positions, you know, all this stuff that they do. Then the doctor comes in, and it's getting a little more serious, and we can tell the doctor's getting a little nervous about it. And in this moment, I had, I had an opportunity, and I was, I, we were praying, and I just remember praying. I was holding Leslie's hand, and I pray everything I know to pray. And while I'm praying in English, all I can think in my mind is, you're never going to see your son alive. You're never going to see your son alive. In these moments, it gets more and more intense with every second. And I just remember being there, and I remember the doctor saying, hey, in just a few minutes, if nothing changes, we're going to have to do an emergency C-section. And I ran out of words in English. So all I could do was pray in the Spirit. So what I did is I prayed in the Spirit, loud enough for I could hear myself with my own ears and where Leslie could hear me, holding her hand through it all. I don't care if the doctor can hear me. I'm in spiritual battle right now. I needed what? Edification. I needed to be built up because I was emotionally, spiritually drained. I prayed everything. God, nothing's changing. Help me. Help me. But it covers my ignorance. I didn't know what I should be praying for. Leslie, finally, they say, we, need to do, we have to do a C-section right now. As soon as we said yes, about seven nurses came in. They were throwing stuff at me, all this, you know, garb for the operating room. Put this on, pushing me out of the way. Um, you know, like, you need to get dressed over there. We're getting her out of here. And, and finally we go, and they take Leslie into the operating room, and they leave me in the hallway by myself, um, which was probably the worst decision because <laughs> I was out there. My mind's racing. But what can I do? I pray in the Spirit. I'm in the hallway just getting after it because I don't know what to pray for. God, I've prayed what I know to pray, and I'm saying what I know to say, but I need you to move. They call me in. Surgery goes perfect. C-section goes perfect. Gavin comes out healthy, fat baby boy, and the, the, uh, <laughs> the nurses say, hey, congratulations. You just, you just gave birth to a toddler. That was their first words to us. Awesome. Awesome. Um, 
But here's what happened. When Gavin was in there, the umbilical cord was actually wrapped around his neck. So as the contractions happened, there was a lot of other things that, too that happened in there. But every time it was cutting off his, his circulation, his oxygen, everything. And if we would have waited even just minutes later, it could have been devastating. But what was I praying for when I was praying in the spirit? For Gavin and for that situation, for his oxygen levels, for that umbilical cord, that it wouldn't, that it wouldn't affect his life in any way. But I couldn't have put that in English. The Holy Spirit had to use that in my prayer language. How many times, I could tell you story after story where that's happened in my life. I'm praying in the Spirit, feel a burden, praying in the Spirit. Two days later, my, my, one of my brothers comes, man, this happened in my life. That's why I was praying. That's what I was praying for when I was praying in the Spirit. God will use you to do His will, and you don't even know anything about it. You're just obedient to praying in the Spirit. It covers our ignorance. The last one is this. Praying in the Spirit is a pure language. You guys doing okay? <laughs> Praying in the Spirit is a pure language. I really, I really got a hold of this a few years ago, and it, changed, it really changed my life when it comes to why I pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is a pure language. The very beginning, when God created the earth, the earth had one language. It had one language. In fact, in Genesis 11, verse 1, it says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. One language, one speech. This was the original language on earth. I'm going to present to you today, and I want you to take this home and read it in context, right? I'm going to present to you today what I believe. I believe the, the original language wasn't English, hate to break it to you, um, wasn't Hebrew, but that it was a heavenly language. It was a heavenly language. Similar, it's the same to what we do when we pray in the Spirit. Let me show you what I mean. One of the reasons I believe that. When a child is learning to speak... What is the language that they learn? It's mom and dad's, right? So God creates Adam. What does he do? Here's the language that I speak. You speak it as well. And in in the garden, it was perfect. It was perfect. There was no what we see today. So it was heaven. It's heaven on earth. Speak this heavenly language. What we see is as Genesis progresses, as, as the human race continues, even after the fall of man, what we see is these th- group of people, they get together and they begin to build the Tower of Babel. You know the story? We're going to build a tower, there's a group of them, we're going to build a tower to heaven. We're going to do it. So they start construction on this temple, or on this tower, I mean. And as they're building this, God sees what they're doing. And look what God says in Genesis 11, verses 5 through 6. It says, but the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said. The people are united, and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. They're united. They speak the same language. Because of those two things, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Okay? One language on the earth. Let's fast forward. So, so let's finish this story first. God then what? He gives all these different languages so that everyone goes their own way. He splits the language, and so that everyone, they can't join together in unity. They can't speak the language, and so what? They go their own way, and the tower fails. God was almost saying they could build a tower to heaven because they're united, and they speak the language. Look, nothing they set out to do will be impossible. 
what happens? Let's fast forward to a prophecy in Zephaniah. Been reading in Zephaniah lately. <laughs> Zephaniah 3 9. It's tucked in there. It's a prophecy from God about the coming Messiah. Look at this. He says this I will restore to the people a pure language. They, uh, I will restore the people a pure language. That they may serve the Lord with what? One accord. Okay? A couple key things here. Restore. Can't give anything back if you didn't have it in the first place. I will give it back to you. Restore it to you. What? A pure language. The original language. Why? So you may serve with one accord. One accord. Where do we see that time and time and time again in our Bible? The book of Acts in the first church. He's prophesying about the Messiah to come, and after he comes, what? I will restore pure language so you can serve with one accord. Let's fast forward to the fulfillment of that prophecy then, right? The beginning, see the prophecy. Here's the fulfillment in Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with what? One accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And what? They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Big picture. Big picture here, right? They are united as one accord. The Holy Spirit comes and does what? Fulfills the prophecy, restores the pure language, and now what? Nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. What did the first church do? Go out and literally change the world. The impossible taking place because of the church. The longest standing institution ever, the church. Impossible. Yeah, we can do that. Why? We're in one accord. We're in unity. We speak the same language that has power behind it. Power behind it. And we'll look at more of the power side of it next week. Power behind it. Because of that, nothing we set out to do will be impossible for us. Here's what I'll say to us here. When we pray in the Spirit, we align ourselves with the heart of God. Nothing will be impossible for you. When we pray in the Spirit, we don't pray selfish, earthly prayers. We pray perfect prayers aligned with God's will. We are praying in total agreement of God's Word and His will. Total agreement. And what's amazing is when you pray in the Spirit, you can be praying over your marriage, your kids, your finances, your career, your future, your future kids, your future spouse, your future career, and you don't even know it. But God is what? He's taking your prayers. He's given us praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, to help us pray what? Big prayers. Because if God left us to pray in our own understanding, we would pray way too small way too small. So let me ask you this. How would this change your family? Maybe it already has. Your family unit, you and your spouse, your kids. If we got together, we were in unity because we're following God's word. We're praying. We have our prayer language. We're praying in the spirit. Our language is one. Nothing will be impossible for you and your family. But the same is true for our church. For this church, this group of people, if we will be in unity, we can fulfill the, 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 the prophecy that we see in Acts. It's not just true for one church. 
This is the standard for the church moving forward, and we get to be a part of it. We are in unity. We will speak and pray in the Spirit, and what? Nothing will be impossible for us. What we set out to do, we can do. Why? Because we're sold out to this thing. Not what somebody taught me, not someone's opinion of this. What this says, I believe it. I will seek after it, and I will see it come to pass in my life. Let me share, as I wrap up, how this changed my life. I was five years old. Whenever I was saved, water baptized, filled, filled with the Holy Spirit, and I, I uh, received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I got my prayer language. In fact, I was coming out of a five-year-old classroom uh, one night after church service, and I came out to my parents, and uh, I told them, hey, I got Spanish tonight. Like, five years old, I got it, guys. I got Spanish. And they're like, what are you talking about? What do you mean you got Spanish? Well, the only other language I knew was Spanish. I didn't know it. I knew of Spanish, right? I got Spanish. We're good to go, man. Like, no big deal. What do you mean you got Spanish? Well, we said this prayer, and, and the Holy Spirit gave me Spanish. Ah, there it is. You said, the, you said the prayer. You asked to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you received your prayer language. That's it. Let me tell you this. Five years, uh, when I was five years old and before, I was an animal, okay? Um, yeah, my parents are laughing. I was a, uh, a wild child, right? I'm the type of kid that there's no door that contained me. Um, if you let me outside in the backyard, we didn't have a fence. So, I mean, you better time tie me up somehow on some type of a leash, otherwise I'm out of here type kid, okay? Like, you cannot contain me. I will escape, all right? So much so that when I would get in trouble, I'd go. My parents have to give me a whooping. I would take a few steps away. I would turn around, and I would growl at my parents and then run the opposite. Like, they whooped me, but I would still growl. No, it didn't phase me. I'm out of here. Wild, okay? When I was five, I received salvation, water baptism, baptism in the Holy Spirit. When I received my prayer language as a child, it drastically changed the trajectory of my life because I went from being that kid that when other parents would see me, they'd be like, whew, good luck when he gets in school, right? He's going to be in trouble. He's going to be in the office all the time to being the kid that I never had detention, never got sent to the principal's office. In fact, the Holy Spirit worked so much in my life that being in in, uh, elementary school, Stuff would happen in class, and other kids would tell my teacher, well, just ask Dan. He doesn't lie. I wasn't perfect. I'm not saying that to brag on myself. I'm saying that to brag on the Holy Spirit. Because I was this way, and the Holy Spirit said, I have so much more for you if I would have the faith of a child to say, I'll, I'll take more of you. I'll take more of you. Drastically change the trajectory of my life. This is something that I couldn't live my life without. In fact, it's so much so that I, I pray every day in the Spirit. I probably pray more in the Spirit than I do in English. After seeing the little bit that we looked at today, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I? I pray the perfect will of God. Edifies me, builds me up, sets me on the right track. Here's what I want to leave you with, some reflection questions. And I want to leave you with the opportunity, if you want to do this today. Let me leave you with the, refre- the reflection questions first. It's this. In what area of my life, Do I need edification? Maybe you're in here and you say, man, I need to be built up. I've been battling this, facing this. I wish I had more of God in this area of my life. What area is that? What has kept me from praying in the spirit in the past? 
Maybe for you, you've never done it. It's been some religious hangups. I wasn't taught that way. I wasn't raised that way. Maybe for you, you've just got comfortable with it. And it's been dormant for weeks or years. I have it, but I don't use it. What's kept me from doing that? Number three is a big one. What's the biggest thing the Holy Spirit revealed to me today? As we looked at God's word, what did he say to your heart? Is there a step you need to take? I'm not here to force this on anyone. You'll never, you'll never get that from me because that's not God. He won't force it on you. I'll present the opportunity. How do I receive my prayer language? How do I pray in the spirit? How do I know that I have it? It's really simple. I, I, they all start with R. Look at, look at how I did this right here. Come on, somebody. Remove all barriers. I may have some religious hangups as we talked last week. When we look at God's word, if I see something in God's word that I don't agree with, what? I assume that I'm wrong and God's word is right and I submit to it, right? I got to remove barriers in my mind. What's kept me? What religious blocks have I put up that's kept me from the company car God wants to give me? Request the baptism in the Holy Spirit. My prayer language comes from being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Here, here in a few months, we'll do a series on the Holy Spirit. We'll die, talk about exactly what that is, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But it's really simple. You receive it by faith. I receive it by faith. It's not a physical thing. It's not like water baptism where we got to put you in the tank and we, we dunk you in the tank. It's not like that. I receive it like salvation, which is what? By faith. I request. I ask for a baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is what? The Holy Spirit comes. And I am, baptism means immersed. I am immersed in the Holy Spirit, surrounded in him. Now what? Now he can work not just on the inside of me, on the outside of me, and through me to other people. I'm all in with him is what it means. I request his baptism. Receive it by faith. I know I have it because I request it. And the last one, I relate to him daily. Meaning what? I use it all the time, daily. I need to be praying in the Spirit. It will change your life. Trust me. Trust me. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second? If you're in here, step number one, if we're gonna be all that God's asked us to be, step number one is this. I have to be a part of God's family. I need to receive salvation. If you're in here today and you say, Pastor Dan, I've never done that. I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. I've never committed to Jesus, but I want to today. Before we get into the prayer language, you you gotta get things right with God. Say, hey, I'm willing. If that's you, if you're in here, maybe you've, you've drifted from God, but you want to be serious today. You want to recommit your life to Christ. Would you just raise your hand? Just high enough for me to see it, and you can put it right back down. Awesome. All right. Because of that, it looks like everyone's been saved. You're part of God's family. Here's what I'm going to do. Do things a little differently. I'm going to lead us in a prayer for this, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and for us to receive our prayer language. I'm going to do this corporately. I'm going to say the prayer. I want you to repeat it after me. And I want you to to mean this in your heart. If you're there and you say, man, I'm ready. I've never done it, but I want to receive my prayer language today. Now's your chance. Say this after me and say it like you mean it. If you're in here, maybe you received it at one time, but it's been dormant. I haven't, you haven't used it like you've, you've needed to use it. You haven't used it like it says in God's word, but you're ready to reactivate it today. Say this prayer like you mean it. Maybe you're there and you just have some hesitations. I don't know yet. That's okay. I'm not going to force you to say it or do anything like that. It's not about that. But if you want it, I'll present the opportunity. Here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask everyone in here 
to repeat this prayer after me. Say it out loud. Say it like you mean it. Say this prayer right here. Say, Jesus, thank you for saving me. Right now, I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask you to give me my own prayer language. Thank you for helping me live a powerful life. In Jesus' name, amen. You can look up here. That prayer wasn't hard, was it? This thing is simple. It's not hard. It's all about faith. Can I request and believe that God wants to move in my life? Here's what we're going to do as we wrap up service. What we're going to do is uh, we're going to sing one last song. And during this last song, I'm going to encourage you right where you're at to use your prayer language, to pray in the spirit, to worship. If you want to stand, that's great. If you want to kneel, that's great. I'm just going to ask you to be respectful of the people around you. Don't make it about you. It's not about that. We see that in God's word. But use it. Use it. If you haven't used it in a while, reactivate it. If you've been, if you've been using it daily, get after it, man. Go for it. If you're in here and you say, I have never done it before, but I want to use my prayer language for the first time today, awesome. While we're worshiping, keep thanking. Thank the Holy Spirit for giving you your prayer language. He's not going to come in and grab your tongue and like take over for you, okay? He's not going to do that. But he will partner with you. He will partner with you. My mom reminded me of this story, how we used to, she, she used to do this to help lead kids into this. She would say, just say hallelujah. Just say hallelujah. In a, in a worshipful thing, hallelujah. And then at some point say, all right, I'm going to stop and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start praying in the spirit. We're not tricking your mind into doing it. But what you're doing is you're saying, Holy Spirit, I'm willing to pray if you'll help me. I'm willing to pray if you'll help me. If you're in here and you'd say, I just, I want someone to lay hands on me to, so I could receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit and to pray with me one more time, that's totally fine. I'm gonna have prayer partners in the back corners right over here, that side and this side. We'll be there. They have a lanyard on. Go back there. We'll lay hands on you so you can receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Or if you have any other prayer need, go. You can go at this time, all right? Let's take a moment. Let's worship spend this time in God's presence and let's pray in the spirit and then we'll we'll wrap up service here in just a minute. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out abidechurch.com.